The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Storybrook. Welcome to Storybrooke Weekly Mirror, the unofficial Once Upon a Time internet radio show exclusively on poppychuloradio.com. Poppy Chulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Monday, October 10th, 2016, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of Once Upon a Time. Later on in the broadcast, get ready for a spoiler alert as we bring you the hit ABC series' as casting scoops, spoilers, and ratings. Please welcome my co-hosts for tonight's broadcast. Brittany Garcia. Hi, everybody. Short and sweet. Katie. Hi, guys. I'm really, really excited to talk about the episode with you all. And Priscilla Rocha. Still fainting over that episode, but I think I'll get up enough energy to talk about it today. Ah, great episode. All right, now we've got some smelling salts for you just in case. (laughs) So let's jump into our recap of Season 6, Episode 3, which was titled The Other Shoe and aired on October 9th, 2016. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. As Storybrooke continues to welcome the new arrivals from the land of untold stories, families, Friends and even long-lost enemies are reunited once again. When Ashley searches for her step-family, intent on settling their unfinished business, Emma, Hook, and Henry scramble to help her before it's too late. Meanwhile, Regina attempts to bribe Mr. Hyde for information about how to defeat the evil queen, and Snow helps Dr. Jekyll find a suitable laboratory for his work. David makes a deal with Gold and delivers a message to Belle in exchange for new information about his father. In flashback, Cinderella attends a ball and meets her prince. So let's get into it. So let's get everyone's initial reaction to this episode and we'll start off uh, with the one who is dreaming right now and we all know a dream is a wish your heart makes so priscilla what's your initial take on this i loved this like again we've been talking about how everything kind of feels like flashes of season one again and we got it this episode with like even more of a telling of Cinderella, even though like a little bit of me is just kind of upset that it wasn't Anastasia's the evil stepsister, but we'll get into that. All I know is like with all the Captain Swan feels that I got some more evil queen, more info on Cinderella. This is 
quite honestly, close to a perfect episode. I loved it. All right. Now, Katie, are you feeling the love, too? I am. I really am. Um, I definitely agree that this had, like, a very season one-esque vibe. Um, It really did feel like an episode that we would have seen in the first season. And they just, they really put it together well. It was all of the characters were balanced well I thought we got some good some good plot moving forward and we got to deal with um, with uh, characters motivations and everything so I just I really really like this episode it's it's probably making its way into one of my top episodes ever of the show yay but Katie always says that well whatever I love it. Now, Brittany, so far, everyone has been on the hype train. People have been giving it positive, encouraging words. Are you on the hype train, or are you on the sidecar? I'm definitely in the sidecar, man. I did not like this episode at all. I, I was super what? bored. I was super bored. Uh, Brittany, I think you just killed Katie. No yeah. one asked for your opinion. <laughs> oh my. I love Saucy no, Katie. Damn. No, I'm just, <laughs> You know, I'm I'm not really a filler person. I think you guys know that, and especially as being an anime fan, I know the horror of filler. But if you can make the episode really, really good, then I don't mind filler. I really don't, but I couldn't get behind the twist that was Cinderella's um uh backstory. I really I I, I it it seems so flawed. I really didn't like it. Even the fantasy aspect, I didn't. I really disliked it. Just, and like, this is one of the episodes I could totally skip if I was rewatching the entire series because I just it didn't do anything for me. And I think last week was way better than this episode. Like the Count of Monte Cristo story felt so much better, and I was so excited than Cinderella and her evil stepmother with a really bad hairdo. You know, but totally the the Disney hairdo, but uh. I didn't enjoy this at all. Well, Lady Tremaine kind of always had a hair that kind of looked like a gray cat's ass yeah. on top of her head. So, like, it, it made sense. Yeah, no, I know they were doing that. That was all good, but I just, I didn't like the twist that they put in there. Like, I don't know. I just, I did not like anything at all. Hashtag, well, damn. Well... I will brighten up the initial reaction and say that I really enjoyed the episode. I, I feel like I'm a broken record this season because I keep on saying that I really enjoyed the episode. But uh, it was a lot of fun. I liked the twists in the Cinderella story. And I liked getting to know a bit more of uh, Cinderella's stepfamily, which we did not get to see the first time around. And I was a little worried. I was like, didn't we see her go to the ball? But we really kind of didn't. So I'm glad that we got to see it. Shout out to Gus Gus. It was great to see you again. They didn't forget you. And uh, overall, I thought it was a, a, a fun episode. I liked what was going on in present day Storybrooke. And I would not call this a filler episode, but uh, I respect uh, other people's opinions. So on that note, before we get into a thorough recap of the latest episode of Once Upon a Time, here's our announcer with a few reminders on how you can interact with us. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Weekly Mirror. Follow us on Tumblr, StoryBrookWeeklyMirror.tumblr.com. 
Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Storybrooke Weekly Mirror and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. All right, so as we usually do, we start off with giving a little shout-out to the opening title card, which uh, featured uh, a mouse running inside the glass O, uh, uh, hamster wheel style. Let's call that Gus Gus running in the uh, hamster wheel, which I thought was kind of clever. I don't know if anybody else noticed. It's a no. Yeah, okay. I re- I, no, I, I was going to ask, is this the first time, like, in Once Upon a Time, because I know they did this in Wonderland, that the title card has something, like, popping up as opposed to being, like, in part of, like, the grayish-blue background? No, it's not the first time. Okay. I was like, whoa. Uh, yeah. That is a really cool title card. I think so, too. I love that. Okay, so let's flash to the past. Uh, we're going to go back in time and focus on the flashback. So we are in the Enchanted Forest, and we have young Ella, who is being forced to clean the house by her wicked stepmother, Lady Tremaine. And uh, as she's doing that, they receive an invitation to go to the ball from uh, the prince's... Uh, what do you call the job title? Foot... Footman? Is that what... Yeah. yeah. Th- they they gave the job title, but all I can remember is her calling him dirty. Well, there's that. Yeah, it was the, the prince's footman. Uh, his name is Jacob. And uh, they're a little disappointed that they aren't receiving it from, like, the prince's butler or something. It's the footman. But they uh, took the invitation uh, regardless. And so they are excited because they are going to be attending this uh royal ball when and ella asks if she can go and uh they're like basically no like why the hell are we gonna take you while they're sort of like fighting over which dress they're gonna take and you know maybe we might have to sell the porcelain to get you girls uh some new dresses ella is basically given the cold shoulder but then all of a sudden ella because they're like well what the hell would you dress you with you know what would you wear your these uh rags and and whatnot but ella shows them um a gown which in in the cinderella story it's, it's her mother's gown and uh the stepsisters, you know, pick at it, they make fun of it, and then uh, one of them throws it into the, um, what would you call it, like the furnace type of thing, I guess? Yeah, it's, mm. it's the furnace. They throw it yeah. in the furnace, it completely catches a flame, but uh, uh, Ella opens it and, and um, you know grabs it and now of course it's all cindered up and so that's when uh, the stepsisters make fun of her and they come up with cinder 
Ella, Cinderella. And so once they leave, uh, Ella's there, obviously emotional, in her feelings, crying, you know, holding on to the dress, the gown, and uh, as she sort of gets up, a key drops out of uh, the pocket of the gown, which leads her to discover that uh, this must be the key that her mom always told her about, that there's this, uh, that the key opens the door to this realm called the land of untold stories, where basically stories are put on pause and, and whatnot. So, uh, we flash forward because we've already seen what happens next. If everyone remembers, back in season one, I believe, Katie, correct me if I'm wrong, it was also episode three? Yes, it yes, was. Yes, we saw uh, the fairy godmother, Rumpelstiltskin kills her, and then uh, takes the place as uh, Cinderella's fairy godfather, as Ella said to Gus Gus in this new flashback where we see Ella arrive at the ball. So Gus Gus obviously gets distracted by cheese, as he should, and uh, Ella meets up with uh, Princess Snow for the very first time. And uh, Snow, uh, you know, they have a nice little conversation where basically Snow's like, you're not like everyone else, are you? And she's like, not really. And then uh, Snow notices that the prince is checking Ella out. And uh, I I like the line of... um, that uh, Ella says something like, well, well is he char- do you think he's charming? And then she goes, that name's already taken. And then we see Charming arrive, and they start dancing. That, that was, was so lovely. Uh-huh. I loved it. <laughs> it was cute. And then we actually get to see something that we don't get a chance to see as often. I mean, we've attended a lot of balls on this show but we don't really get to see them dance a lot so we have this really extended dance sequence in which the prince and ella are dancing together they're kind of flirting there's a little romantic banter you know the whole you know getting to know you getting to know all about you type of thing but uh, he excuses himself and uh walks away and said but he says you know be right I'll be right back. Please don't leave and all this kind of stuff. And uh, Ella notices him talking with her stepsister, Clorinda. And uh, he gives Clorinda a rose, uh, which makes her suspicious. And then all of a sudden, like a bat out of hell, uh, Lady Tremaine sneaks up and sneaks attacks her. And basically is like, oh, you know, you see what's happening over there. Well, they're making fun of you. I mean, they know you're the rag girl. You know, everyone's in on the joke. You know, no one likes you. You should leave. They're all, you know, laughing at you behind their back. This is all the plan. You know, of course he's not going to want you. He wants Clorinda. He wants, uh, you know, a girl of uh, social s- status. And why would he want you? And so Ella, of course, uh, runs off leaving her glass slipper. Can we say, what a fucking bitch? Oh my god! That was some fucked up high school girl drama shit. She's like Like, the mean girl. Yeah, except she's not 
She can't sit with us. Attractive to look at, so she's like, no. Well, Lady <laughs> Tremaine has never really been attractive, I'm just saying. Well, yeah. no, like, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of, like, the Cinderella from the 1990s, like, where it's the chick with the red hair that's that's the stepmother. And yeah. this past one with Kate Blanchett is, like, the stepmother. Stepmother's not always, like, gross-looking like a cat from a snowstorm or whatever the fuck like this was but like god like the meanness the cruelty jeez she got that part right <laughs> i felt bad when she burned the dress like it was almost worse than seeing in the animated story when like they tug and tear at the dress like this was worse i felt i, I felt sad oh no i think the the tugging and tearing that would have been a little bit more intense because that's a little bit more physical than just like tossing the dress into the furnace. It was a pink dress, though, wasn't it? Like the yeah. like the anime. Yeah, yeah. They got a, they they got those parts right. Yeah. So later on that night, Gus, uh, you know, basically, uh, physically opens up uh, this box where the key has been stored, and uh, it, it gives uh, Ella the idea to use it to open up the portal to the land of untold uh, stories. Now, initially, earlier in the episode, she was like, oh, magic, you know, magic isn't real and all this kind of stuff because she had never experienced magic, but then obviously she had her fairy god, quote-unquote, father with Rumpelstiltskin and that kind of thing. And so now she has experienced magic. I loved how Gus Gus, during the ball, when they were talking about Rumpel, he was basically like, you know... Are you sure you should have trusted this deal? Because, you know, I've heard of Rumple. Remember, like, back in season one, like, everyone was like, oh, you know, I've heard of Rumple. You know, you're not supposed to mess with him and that kind of thing. So that was very season one as well when uh, Gus mentioned that. And so Ella ends up opening the door to the Land of Untold Stories in her closet. But as she's about to enter, Clorinda stops her because... Uh, Apparently, the prince is in love with Ella and has been looking for her. And uh, she mentions that she is in love as well. She's going to be marrying Jacob, the prince's footman. And so Ella's like, but wait, you know, what about the prince and, and, and the rose? You know, I, I thought he liked you and I thought they were making fun of me and all this kind of stuff. But she explains that, no, that was a secret message that the footman was delivering to her through the prince. And she's been in love with the footman. So that, the whole thing of like her calling him filthy and all this kind of stuff was because Lady Tremaine would never approve of Clorinda marrying a footman. Lady Tremaine wants her daughters, at least her biological daughters, to marry wealthy, to marry someone of royal status. And so she says that uh, they've both been a prisoner to her mother and she would like to get away from her as soon as possible. So she's going to be leaving that night and uh, she's going to be heading to one of the guard towers to meet up with Jacob. So she leaves and um, she ends up saying that uh, Ella says that she has a plan for the stepmother but in my opinion, that never really comes to fruition because when Lady Tremaine returns, 
she confronts Ella and uh, then, uh, you know, demands answers and all this kind of stuff. She confronts her about Clorinda and uh, Ella basically spills all of the beans because uh, Lady Tremaine ends up finding the glass slipper and is basically like, oh, you need proof that it was you, and if you don't have the proof, then no one's going to believe it's you, because why would they think it's you? You know, because you're a rag girl, you know, you have the education of, you know, a child, and this is out of the other, and all this kind of stuff. And so once Ella tells her the truth of where uh, Clorinda is, Lady Tremaine still ends up smashing the glass slipper and it shatters to pieces and then locks ella in her room and uh, before she does now she tells her you need to clean this up because uh, it's glass and you might hurt yourself i kind of like as a side note that they made her they made cinderella as sweet as she is like part of cinderella like the story is that she's really gullible like she believes like that there's goodness in everyone, which is why, like, she falls for her stepmother's ploys. And why her stepmother can pull shit like this, like, breaking the glass slipper. But, I don't know. Like, there was always this sweetness about Ashley from, like, season one. And I'm glad that they brought it over for this episode. Yeah, although I don't know if I... I don't know. I don't know if I fully agree that this Cinderella is sweet and nice and gullible. Because it doesn't seem as if she's very happy at, like, being their maid, basically. I just remember, though, like, it it was an off, like, comment, but she's like, yeah, I came to the ball, like, my my, my fairy godfather, like, did this for me, and I, I, I promised him something, oh, well, I don't know what it is, like, it's just, it's something about, like, comments like that that I'm like, you're... You're really innocent. You're like you really like expect the best from people. I I, I don't know. Yeah. No, I actually kind of agree with that. <laughs> I've always got that kind of feeling from her. More so in this episode, I guess, than the first episode we ever had with her. Just because I'm thinking back to when she, you know, was so sad and she was gonna leave Thomas and everything because she had given up their first child and everything. She seemed a little bit less that way in that episode, but more so more sweet and innocent and kind in this episode, in my opinion, too. Okay. Which was an, it's interesting to see. So picking up with the action, we're at the guard tower. We have Clorinda. We've got Jacob the Footman, and they're ready to leave. She explains to him that there's this key to Land of Untold Stories. We can put a pause on our story. We can be happy together forever and away from my mother. Yay! When all of a sudden, like, she must have, like, secret ninja assassin moves. Because, like, it was just these two together. And then all of a sudden, freaking Lady Tremaine is, like, next to Jacob and bops him over the head with uh, her cane. I don't know where the hell she came from and how the hell they didn't see her. Anyway, it wasn't that dark out there. There was a lot of there was that a lot of torches a and there was a, a big ass clearing. Wow. That was a pimp ass cane though. Like it's a cane sword. What the? It fuck? really was. <laughs> and so she knocks him out and uh, she she basically is ready to kill him. 
and uh, Clorinda is like, no, 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 I, I, I love him, I love him, and then Ella shows up, and uh, Clorinda obviously blames her, you know, why'd you tell her, why'd you betray me, you know, you really are a horrible person, and all this kind of stuff, and uh, Lady Tremaine, upon uh, learning from Ella that uh, the prince, oh wait, well, well I, missed, I missed a section, let's rewind for half a second, because before all this, the prince actually arrives at the Tremaine residence, and uh, he arrives there because of Snow, and Snow has this great line, she's like, I'm a princess, but I'm also an expert tracker which uh, apparently is on her Tinder profile. And uh, she's like, it, it's here, it's here. And so Gus uh, hears the commotion, and Ella obviously hears it, but I don't know why she doesn't think of opening the window. But anywho, Gus ends up sneaking under the door and ends up getting Snow's attention. And remember, Snow can talk to the animals. That's one of Snow's things. I think we forget this, and they don't really use this in like present-day storybook, but Snow can talk to the animals, and so Gus basically tells her, she's here, she's here. And, uh... Well, no, Snow can talk to birds, but not to not to animals. Like, they've, she, they've referenced that She uh, squatted down, and, like, she was shaking her head like she understood him. So she can talk to the animals. <laughs> the original <laughs> Snow... The original power. Snow could talk to the animals. From the Disney animated... It wasn't yeah. just the birds, so she was understanding him, and they end up busting through the door, and Ella's there, and so they hug and embrace, and Ella's like, like, why would you want me? And basically, re like, regurgitating everything that Lady Tremaine told her, but he's like, of course I would, and of course they will accept you, and will you marry me? And he has the ring and everything, and, like, puts it on her finger, and she says yes, and so... We have a little uh, true love, uh, love at first sight moment that Snow was uh, there to witness. And so now we're here, we're at the guard tower, and uh, Ella has shown up basically saying, you know, I'm going to marry the prince. And uh, Lady Tremaine kind of has a nervous breakdown because she's like, woe is me. Why is this happening? I can't believe it. I have been trying to set my daughters up to marry royalty and like good things supposed to happen to me and why are bad things happening to me and why are good things happening to you? You're this rag girl and I never cared about you and I sheltered you and I had you in my house and you're betraying me by marrying the prince and this, that, the other, and blah, blah, blah. And she starts rambling and all this kind of stuff. And so she ends up seeing the key and she grabs the key and she's like, I'm going to put my story on pause and I'm going to return when things are right for me and I can get my happy ending and I can get everything great to happen to me. And so she ends up opening the uh, portal to the land of untold stories uh, through the guard tower door and she ends up grabbing Clorinda and she's basically like, if I'm putting my story on pause, you're putting your story on pause too. And she drags her into the land of untold stories. Boom, 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 boom. Um, what a selfish um, lady. I know! Like, they captured fully the type of woman who would name her cat Lucifer. Like, this, this is 
quintessential lady yeah i've got to say that i gotta give kudos to the actress because she really had the og disney cinderella from the 1950s lady tremaine voice which i thought she did an excellent job with she had like the right tone and and, uh, like enunciation of words and that kind of stuff i thought she did a really good job with the lady tremaine voice she was very sinister yeah Although, like, the the one thing... Is it weird to say that Clorinda's really beautiful? And in the animated series, like... Not series, but in the animated, like, show, Drusilla and, like, Anastasia are really ugly looking. So, like, I was like, dang, she's not an ugly stepsister. She's gorgeous. I could, I could conceivably see Prince Thomas falling for her. She's really pretty. Yeah, well, she was ugly on the inside. No, she's pretty. She was she she liked Jacob. Well, yeah, like, but she, she was just we friends. thought she was ugly on the inside. And everybody forgot about the second sister. Like nobody talked about. I know, her. right? She wasn't she's invited mean. Because she's mean. she was the mean one, <laughs> and her yeah her name was Tisbe. For those that are curious, although they never really mentioned it, she was the never. The fuck is that kind? She of was name? never really a part of the <laughs> how story. Do you, how do you spell that? T i s b e. Tisbe. Okay. That's terrible. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> no wonder she's so mean. Huh? Yeah, but you know, uh, I'm just gonna get it out of the way. I wish it would had been Anastasia. Damn it! I wish they had that. I know, right? Yeah. But if if we're correlating any of the sisters with any of them from the Disney animated version, Clorinda would have actually been Anastasia, and uh, Tisbe would have been. Drizella, because in the animated version, there is uh, a, um, a a sequel when Disney was creating a lot of uh, sequels to their animated films, in which Anastasia falls in love with the pastry baker. So there is a sister that falls in love with, uh, I guess, what Lady Tremaine would call a commoner. How dare they someone needs to take care of her in her old age like that that was her main argument and I was, like a small part of me was like if you didn't treat cinderella like shit she probably would have taken care of you i don't know lady tremaine gave me life like she was a bitch in like the best set like just how awful and cruel she was like captured the animated like evilness like it all, it, it almost kind of matched up with Kate Blanchett, although nobody really matches up to that goddess. She's amazing, but she did, she did a good job. She did a damn good job. I agree. Now, I know that you aren't the biggest fan of this episode, Brittany, but you haven't really said anything about the flashback. So, what are your thoughts on the flashback? I didn't like. <laughs> That's why I have nothing to say. I don't want to be a downer. You could be a little Debbie Downer. We'll give you like thirty seconds. I guess I just, I just didn't enjoy the the story. Like, the actors and the actresses, they nailed it. They were really good. Lady Tremaine was awesome. But I didn't... I don't know, that twist of the sister being nice, but, like, she didn't even hint that she... I don't know. I didn't, like... I guess it's because I, I'm comparing this one or this uh, their story to my favorite Cinderella story or favorite retelling, which is Ever After. If you guys That's have ever seen Disney. that movie, just an FYI. No, she that. said Cinderella retelling, and like yeah. that that it's, works. It's, I w- 
was yeah, talking about Rodgers and Hammerstein and yeah. Cinderella. So, like, yeah, all no, Cinderella's I, are evil. Yeah, I like the... They just do a, a retelling. It's basically Cinderella, just a different, you know... It takes place in a different, like... Yeah, setting, pretty much. I think it's in, in France, or... Yeah, it's in France, I think, over there. Um, if you guys have, have never seen that movie, go see it. It has Drew Barrymore in it. That is my favorite telling it's, of Cinderella. It's I so good. It. It I've is never very seen good, it. and I I always cry when I see it. That's how good it is. <laughs> yep. It makes me cry. Um, and I'm not even a big fan of Drew Barrymore either, but she nails this character. She is soft and sweet. So they kind of what they did here with the sister being secretly nice. They kind of have that in in that movie, except that it's much more noticeable that one sister is just terrible, and the other one's actually really really nice and she stands up to her mother so this one i felt like this this chick wasn't even strong enough to stand to her mother and then her mom had or or lady tremaine had like that stick that was really weird like you could beat up the old lady like i don't know oh i'm being gosh. maybe i'm being too critical but i did not i just didn't enjoy it Aww. i think yeah i think she's she's compared She's comparing the twist to the twist that's in Ever After. And if you're if you're saying it that way, where, like, one of the stepsisters isn't evil, they've had this twist in other stuff before, like in Gregory Maguire's book, Confessions of an, evil, of an Ugly Stepsister. Like, that twist isn't a new twist. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, I think the actors pulled it off enough, so, like, I didn't really mind that it wasn't, like, treading new territory, even though, like, it was real hyped up that like, oh my god, this Cinderella's gonna be different. This isn't like what you've ever seen before. And you've seen it before. Well, I don't think they necessarily said that. Yeah, I don't care that they that they use that. Like that's fine. I just didn't like how how they did it. It didn't it didn't resonate with me. Like I don't know how to explain it. Like if that girl if her sister was actually good, why didn't she secretly help you know, her sister sometimes, or be nice, like, I don't know, like, her facade or whatever was way too, too intense, I don't know how to explain, I just, it didn't, I don't know. Okay. I, get, I get what <laughs> you're saying, because her niceness did sort of come out of the blue, because even I think Cinderella, it, or Ella, I should call her, um, she yeah. was surprised that she was being so nice, so I get what you're saying, I think comparing this iteration to, like, other non-Disney iterations is kind of comparing apples to oranges because this is so clearly a reinterpretation of like the Disney version. So it's it's kind of like mixing like completely different Cinderellas with each other though. Oh yeah, no, I mean that's the thing with Once Upon a Time, right? They they're doing their own version, but this is I think the first version of something that I really didn't like their t- like their their version i really i just did not like it. and i've seen a lot of cinderella you know stuff which i'm okay with but i just didn't like this one. did you can i ask did you like the first time we saw cinderella and her backstory to be honest i don't even remember oh, gosh. <laughs> but i think for me uh it was it i did like what they showed in that episode i thought it was a really cool twist that they kept putting rumple making deals and having all this like mysterious stuff going on and i liked how um, their stories weren't just, you know, I go to the ball and happy, you know, I get pregnant happily ever after. Like there was more to it because Rumpel, season one was more about Rumpel messing with everybody so he could get deals and stuff. So I, I enjoyed that. So, but I didn't enjoy, I don't know. 
may Man. be too critical, but I but it's like that feeling where you sit down and you're you're watching episode of Once Upon a Time and you get sucked in. In this one, I was on my phone a lot. I just I found myself like kind of kind of wanting the flashbacks to be over. You know, like I don't know. I just me. you just pointed out that Rumple likes like making deals and making sure that they stick, and he would have been screwed. Over had Cinderella decided to go to the land of untold stories, she never, mm-hmm. he never would have been able to get the kid. So, huh. oh, look at that. I wonder why he didn't stop that. But I, I will say I do like how Once Upon a Time keeps up with their whole uh, misunderstandings in the flashback. So it just ends up being like this big thing of drama, and then uh, they have the present day to fix all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did enjoy that, just not the retelling of the Cinderella stuff, but her dress was really pretty. Brittany, your new name <laughs> is Tisbe. <laughs> and for the listeners out no. there that are curious, because I just looked it up, apparently Clorinda and Tisbe are the names of uh, the stepsisters the in the operatic version of uh, Cinderella. La Cere- huh. la Cenerentola. And what are what are the the OG from like the very they, first story? They don't get names. Oh, okay. Just it's just ugly. It's just uh, yeah. People say <laughs> evil stepsisters and or ugly stepsisters, and I think that could be like both ugly evil stepsisters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ugly stepsister number one. Ugly stepsister number two. <laughs> All I know is about, like, that, I think the Grimm Brothers version of how, like, bad they are and how it gets all fucked up at the end, but yeah. That would have been cool, but I know they're not gonna do that for once upon a time. If they get eaten by crows, I think, in the, in the original version. Oh, lord, yes. that's terrifying. One can only that's hope. Right. Yeah, and they're... <laughs> Oh yeah, God. and they and they and they make the I think the glass slippers fit on them, and they're bleeding in there. Oh yeah, yeah. No, yeah, they actually they end pretty. up. If I'm not mistaken, they end up like chopping off some toes so that they can. Yeah, they chop off their their toes so they could fit in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Yes. Cinderella <laughs> Saw <laughs> Edition. <laughs> hey, it's close I... to Halloween. It's close to Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes. But yeah. So let's flash into the present day in Storybrooke, USA. And let's head on over to Granny's. We love Granny, even though she doesn't like a Monte Cristo sandwich because of the eggy bread. But we head on over to Granny's, and we've got Emma, Henry, and Hook. And uh, Henry has basically done a census of all of the people from the land of untold stories. And while they're together, sort of like going over this list, uh, Ashley arrives with her daughter, Alexandra, and she's happy to help out with all of uh, the new denizens of Storybrooke. Uh, She uh, runs the daycare and uh, she's willing to give, what was it, like free babysitting or something like that? Yeah. Yes. I was was more distracted by what happened after. All right, well, let's talk about what happened after. So (laughs) we have uh, Henry getting distracted because he sees someone new. So Emma joins him while they start getting her name. And uh, 
Ashley's like interested in looking at all of um, like the census that Henry took because he wants to see if anybody has children and all this kind of stuff. So she starts going over the list, but she leaves baby Alexandra with Hook, and Hook is like, "Well, I don't really know." How, uh, uh, uh. And so he starts talking with Alexandra, and they have a cute like little moment. So, you know, he puts uh, some whipped cream on his nose to like make her laugh, and we see Emma like looking at him, and like she has that like romantical look in her eye, like oh look at my baby playing with a baby. And uh, what what do we think of that? Because I know y'all want to talk about it. I have a feeling like Priscilla <laughs> okay. and Katie are like busting at the seams to like talk about this. <laughs> Basically, this is the story of how I died. Oh, <laughs> but you came back to, just so, for the show yes. to talk about it. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm a revived person right now. <laughs> that was the cutest thing I think I have ever seen on this show. It was just—it was so genuine and just so cute. I just—I don't—I can't even describe it. It was just—it was so cute, and then to see Emma just like looking over at him, smiling. Oh, my heart melted. I was kind of like, do you remember ages ago when they were sword fighting? And he's like, and she's like, I didn't know you had such a soft side. And he says, I don't. Liar. Big liar. That is you <laughs> playing with like a four-year-old girl and like making her laugh in, in like it while taking care of her for your girlfriend like it's super cute oh my god the feels the feels so many also as a really weird note emma and alexandra should have been the same age if you think about it like yeah she was born she was they they were both pregnant at the same time so it's kind of sad to see like Ashley be such a good mom and like to realize Emma like could have been like a blonde little girl with her mom too and it just never happened that was just like a hint like in the back of my mind I was like that baby's super cute Emma would have been cute oh and I just felt a little sad oh my gosh I didn't even think about that wow thank you emotion no you made Katie cry Uh, on the happier side, I was, you can imagine what, if they eventually do have children, him being that way with their child. And uh, oh my god, my heart! That is, that is, just, I didn't season ten. Dying. Well, maybe if they were Give able to, to have sex. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we've got the we got the sex police with us. How are we ever going to get there if he doesn't get there? Uh, well, he almost got it in, but the earth started shaking. That's true, that's true. But hey, with what happens later, I think we're a lot of, like, step uh, more steps closer to that. And this scene was cute, the typical, I'm seeing my boyfriend with a child, and you kind of want to... You, you hope that your boyfriend is good with children, and then it just kind of... But it, it feels... It's, it's cliche, but for Emma, it's like, it's kind of like enlightening because I feel like with all that's going on with her and she just doesn't know if that's for her. But when she sees it, it's like she never realized how much she wanted it. So that's why I think that seems really important. Not just the fan service, but for her, mm-hmm. for her as like the growth of the character. Look at that. Very insightful, Brittany. Well, season one, Emma, do you ever, did you even expect her to like 
have this like want like that type of family to get married or you know to live with somebody she loves and have a mm-hmm. kid i mean no but she does warm up to henry but even then it's like is she gonna find is she gonna find love is she gonna want that is being the savior gonna even allow her to have that so but but we never knew if she wanted it we just knew she did want to be happy but now we know she does want it but she's afraid that she'll never be able to have it or also that she'll never be able to give that to hook well speaking of being afraid she actually lets uh archie in on that when she goes for a therapy session although she interrupts grumpy's therapy session and grumpy was a little grumpy because uh, as he's like storming out because he's like hey you know it's only been like 30 minutes and i haven't gotten to the good stuff he lets uh them know that uh, dopey has been untreified and he's working on his master you know basically doing panty raids and flirting with co-eds and all this kind of stuff and emma's like wait he's no longer a tree and my favorite line grumpy was like um we don't need you for everything here like we figured it out on our own weeks ago And that was the explanation. They just which figured means, it out. Yes. Which means Dark Swan only took like weeks. Like yeah. Hell only took weeks too. Well, Dark like, Swan left Dark Grumpy because Grumpy was pissed in this episode. Grumpy was very grumpy this episode. Grumpy's always pissed. Well, he was like, never. He. I don't think he's ever snapped at Emma, has he? Like I thought that was yes. kind of interesting. Maybe we hadn't seen it in a while, but I was like, oh crap, he snapped at Emma. I'm thinking of when he sold candles, like with Snow. Yeah, he's he's snapped at Emma before, and the first time, like when they were, when he was the janitor, like at the hospital and stuff. Like he snapped at her too when she was trying to be a sheriff and rescued David from his coma walk out into the forest. Why do I remember so much season? Oh, one the stuff? coma like, walk, the troll <laughs> bridge. Yeah, remember? Yes. yes. So. After she sort of explains to Archie that one of her fears is that she's not going to have the future. That's why she hasn't moved in with Hook and all this kind of stuff. She leaves uh, Archie's and she runs right into Sean, a.k.a. Cinderella's prince. And he fills Emma in on the fact that Ashley has disappeared. And not only has she disappeared, but she's disappeared with a shotgun which is the worst way to kind of disappear. And uh, Emma believes that she's going after her stepfamily. That, uh, and, and Sean ends up saying something like, well, you know, family vendettas and revenge and all this kind of stuff. Like, I don't know, maybe, who knows? And so with the help of a little bit of magic, because she ends up conjuring up one of uh, Ashley's uh, sneakers... She ends up using that, and uh, with the help, of course, of Henry and Hook, because Henry wants some mother-son bonding, they start looking for Ashley. They, they do a locator spell, so the, the shoe is literally going to lead them to Ashley. And so they catch up with her, and uh, it, it's like near the docks and stuff, and so they learn that Ashley wants to find her stepsister, Clorinda, and... Uh, there, there's like this great like exposition stuff because they they have this conversation and like uh, 
basically everyone else thinks that Ashley wants to harm them, but Ashley's like, no, like she has to right a wrong. And she explains that in this story, she was the evil stepsister. Like she did something so wrong that she has to make amends for, and she's got to like fix the situation before it's too late. And so she runs off and uh everyone's like everyone being um, henry and uh hook they're like you know use your magic to stop her use your magic to stop her but uh, emma's hands start uh trembling and so she can't use her magic and so when ashley gets away the evil queen shows up in a very modern day garb it wasn't her usual evil queenliness um I thought that was interesting. And she takes advantage of the situation. The blue dress? I thought that was a little bit more modern than, like, the corsets with, like, the weird hairdo that she usually does. Like, you could see someone in modern day wearing that. You live in an interesting part of the world. You could see rich people wear that. Like, that isn't unusual. If you compare that to everything else that she's worn, I thought that was very demure compared to like everything else with the bosoms out the corset all the rhinestones and the jewels and the hair in like very different uh eccentric styles so uh, that was tame in my opinion i don't know if anyone else agrees obviously priscilla doesn't i think she looked really steampunky like i really liked that in my opinion Mm -hmm. it's i thought it was pretty neat that was the most normal looking outfit that she's worn in my opinion it's probably my most it's probably my most favorite because it's also because it's blue and then her hair was just styled perfectly like she looked good and so she arrives she's got awesome like wig pieces like britney like always points out the hair and (laughs) the evil queen has a lot of it she does a lot of magic hair So she arrives, and she obviously starts going in on Emma, and uh, although there was a little moment where she was like, I am your mother, Henry, you know, I was there, you know, making you lunches and all this kind of stuff, you know, I'm basically Regina in my true essence and all this kind of stuff, and she even tells him, you know, don't slouch, you know have what was it like have respect for yourself you know and 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 stand up straight you know because if you don't give it to yourself no one else get will or something like that i thought that was this, i thought that was cute this was great because do you remember when henry in season one is like you're not my mom and she's and she had pretty much like a speech exactly like this with him where she's like i was there for you for everything like i am your mom like she she ha- she espoused like details like this too. So maybe she isn't completely like the evil queen. Like maybe she's right, and this isn't just like a game to her. And she really does love Henry. Well, I think in all actuality that Regina's going to have to realize that she has evil queenness in her, and the evil queen is going to have to realize that she has Regina ness in her. Like, if we're going to talk about them as two different people, like, they're both going to have to realize mm-hmm. that there's part of each of them in them. Because I have a feeling... And the key to that is Henry. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised. Because right yeah. now, the evil queen is very much like, I am the evil queen, I'm the true essence of evil, I am, like, the better side and all that kind of stuff. I'm nothing like you, Regina. But she's going to realize that she is 
very much like Regina, because that was a very sweet and tender moment with Henry, and if she is the evil queen, she really shouldn't be having those kind uh, kinds of moments. Like, she should be, like, hardcore evil. She shouldn't be tender with anyone. But uh, well, she, she ends up basically threatening Emma, and then, like, letting her know that, uh, you know, it's her doing like all this stuff with ashley like she wants to take away ashley's happy ending and emma's like like what's your deal with ashley like why do you want to take away her happy ending and basically she's like well it's because you gave her her happy ending and i know that this is going to make you suffer and so i'm doing this because of you but like you can't even do anything because your hands trembling and you're the savior and you're the savior that can no longer do anything because your hands trembling you don't even have magic and all this kind of stuff and so you know basically she's she's like you know at some point you're going to be off the chessboard and then all of these happy endings are going to implode one by one. Although I think it, I thought it was interesting that last week she basically told Regina, like, you're going to lose their happy ending. So now she's basically telling Emma, you're going to be the reason why they're no longer going to have their happy endings. And, uh, and she started you know, teasing them about the land of untold stories and all these people and all these untold stories and how she is going to finally allow Regina's untold story to be told and all this kind of stuff but uh she ends up poofing emma hook and henry off the chessboard into a place very far away from where they are you know i wanted some swan queen interaction and i got it but it wasn't like what i expected it to be like there, there used to be such like huge tension between them and like there wasn't much of that it was okay i i i much rather like you you kind of glossed by it but it's completely like true her hand started shaking and she couldn't do it and the first thing hook does is like hold her hand and it's just kind of like it's okay which is very sweet this is a very like saccharine episode like full of sugar like Captain Swan sugar. Sugar and spice great. and everything nice. So thanks to Henry's quick thinking, he looks in the book, and, because he always carries the book, and uh, he finds out how to bring them to uh, Cinderella and uh, Kalinda... Kalista... No, Clorinda. <laughs> I thought that was cute, because like, who the hell is going to remember that Clorinda? That was the best. I'm so glad that they threw that in there uh, because I mean there are a lot of really strange names, especially in you know fairy tale lore and the enchanted and forest, just yeah. on the show in general. It just <laughs> I love how they added that in there. How they're just kind of struggling with it for a minute, and Henry's like, "It's this," and they're like, "Oh, okay." Yes, Katie doesn't even <laughs> remember really because funny. she just said, "It's this." <laughs> it's this. I, it's was it? Yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Katie gets a hundred Poppy Chula Radio PowerPoints <laughs> for remembering Clorinda. But no, but that's true. Yeah, the author should know that. That, that was I, I like that. That's true. That's so true. Th- 
fair, fair they end point. up figuring out where to go, but obviously Ashley arrives there first, and she arrives at the stable, and she finds an injured Clorinda, and uh, basically Ashley's like, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, I- I'm here to help, I'm here to fix things, I'm sorry about before, and so when she, like, tries to help her with her injury, she notices that it is a fake, and Lady Tremaine picks up the shotgun, and points it at her and all this kind of stuff and uh when we flash back to them clorinda now has the shotgun and um ashley's like you know jacob you know jacob is alive and and i wanted to reunite you with him and she's like jacob and uh ashley's like yeah you know he's been here in storybrook the whole time I i thought you knew that because you're here like this is his property and so lady tremaine obviously wasn't done with her plan and she goes on this whole exposition thing of like well you you may have had your fairy godfather help you in the enchanted forest well when i got here i have my own fairy godmother who's going to make all of my dreams come true and that person is the evil queen and so she ends up picking up the shotgun and 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 uh and jacob is there and uh she's gonna shoot jacob but then uh clorinda gets in front of uh jacob but it still looked like lady tremaine was still gonna shoot him but then ashley like gets up in front of him and lady tremaine is like oh you think i'm not gonna use this on you and uh, and she ends up actually tossing the shotgun and she's like oh this is this isn't the type of contraption that i would use and so she picks up her pimp cane and uh, she uses the part, the pointy part, and she ends up stabbing Ashley. And Ashley falls to the ground. But Emma, Henry, and Hook arrive, and they stop Lady Tremaine from doing any more damage. And uh, I love that Hook, like, grabs her and, like, uh, you know, threatens her with, with his hook. And uh, with, the, with the encouragement of Henry, because in the beginning, Emma is not able to use her magic to heal Ashley. Her hands are trembling. But... Henry's like, I believe in you, Mom. I believe in you. And so she <laughs> she uses that encouragement <laughs> to uh, have her magic work. And she magically heals Ashley and all this kind of stuff. And it seems as if it's later on that same day, we have them like having a picnic at uh, Jacob's farm. And all of a sudden, like, I guess with maybe with magic, we have Lady Tremaine in an orange jumpsuit, like using one of those like poking things to pick up the trash, and like Grumpy's there, and he's like, "You better get it right, sister," or something like that. You know how Grumpy is. And at that moment is another moment when Katie died, and we have Emma look over <laughs> to Hook, and Emma's like move in with me baby and hook is like hell yeah and so they're moving in together (laughs) you're welcome america and canada too (laughs) oh my god so let's talk about i know y'all well let's talk we have to talk about the dramatic confrontation where it looked like ashley was gonna die and we have to talk about uh this uh, 
romantic advancement with the Captain Swan. So, ladies, have at it. I... I don't know, like... I'm, I'm a little worried for Emma because the, the Tremors came out and she, like, she used her magic. But a part of me always flashes back, and it's probably a lie, to what they said that she keeps using up, like, her savior powers more and more... But then, like, what's left? Like, And I'm like, no, stop saving people, Emma. You're going to die. I can't have this happen to me. Like, I'm, I'm a little worried. But other than that, like, the, the scene right after kind of cheered me up. That her being like, I have room for another black, black leather jacket. <gasps> and how happy he looked with that. Like, Well, I love again. that she filled us in that she has a closet full of red leather jackets. It's not yeah. the same one. Mm -hmm. No, that's why. Like, but the thing is, he's. She's like, I. Can't no, I know that, but I'm just like... saying. I thought she only had one red leather jacket. Oh, nah. Emma's got a like vary in her style. She's got some style points. I'm just floating on a cloud of happiness after that. Like, I, as crass as it sounds. They're finally going to be together, so maybe they can actually have sex at some point. Oh Just as long God. as Henry's not in the same house. Oh, my God. Send him over to Regina first. Hallelujah. <laughs> Henry, go take the senses for, like, a little while. Me and Hook have to bond for a moment. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. How does this... But it's just, I hope they make sure that Henry has his own shit going on. Because when I was Henry's age, I didn't want to be around my mom all the time. I still want to be around her all the time. Well, you got to remember thing. Henry's situation a little different. He didn't have his mom. So I can see why he's attached to Emma. Oh, mother's not, son. Not anymore. Time. Not anymore, not like, I, I'm pretty sure he understands now, since he has feelings for Violet, uh, that his mom wants some privacy, so I hope they respect that. I think so. Now yeah, she'll ha he'll have a sleepover night over at Regina's. Henry. Or maybe the evil queen. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, dude, that, that scene was, was just, it was really refreshing and really cute, and uh, it's a lot of credit to, to Emma after she goes to see Archie, and she just, Archie's like he helps her, he he asks her questions and he suggests things, but I feel like mostly the job that Archie has is just to get her to talk. And sometimes when you keep talking, uh, you find your own solution. And uh, it, I, she, she was she she said it right there. She was scared. She's still scared, and she tells a uh, hook there that she's afraid and she's unsure what the future holds. But she knows what she feels now, and she knows what she wants right now so like let's do it and i love that he's on board and it's also a step closer that she's not keeping this a secret anymore that everybody's probably next episode gonna find out about what's going on and they're gonna want to help her mm -hmm. so that's really good really good ending to a mediocre episode in my moving opinion. the story along yeah, like <laughs> that i like that I, I really liked and to touch a little bit on the point that I think you were saying earlier, Jeff, about uh, how she, how the evil queen told Emma that you're going to be the reason people don't have happy endings. I think it, it applies both to Regina and Emma, but in different ways. Yes, because like, there's like, the Swan Queen. Yeah, well, that Regina is more like you created the story or you made the story bad. 
and then Emma cleaned it up. Like, and that was the whole first season, wasn't it? That Regina did all this bad shit to everyone's stories, but once um, Emma came in, she was helping everybody find theirs. So now if Regina is trying to help everybody, but the evil queen's making it worse and it's just not working. And then Emma's trying to save everybody, but she can't because she has no powers. So in the end, both of them are helpless to help the people that matter. That's how I took it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. And I love the swift justice for Lady Tremaine because she basically it was attempted murder. So I'm glad that she's in jail. I'm thought- glad that there is a Storybrooke jail because it's just <laughs> been like that room with like the jail that everybody keeps breaking out of there's actually punishment here like that is uh, like eye-opening for me oh my god <laughs> I yeah. know she was, she was using that thing uh to pick up uh, the trash it wasn't the same thing I, it wasn't her cane yeah but why would you give her something pointy pokey <laughs> yeah she, she could have stabbed Grumpy. She's really good at stabbing people, apparently, so you don't want to give her something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was supposed to be, like, ironic. Yeah, yeah I know, but I was just Grumpy like... Grumpy has a pickaxe, so that guy can hold his own. <laughs> Damn. True, it's very true. <laughs> Once Upon a Time HBO edition, where it can get a little... <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my. Grumpy just takes her out. <laughs> weapons? Either that, or they seduce each other. Oh lord, no, no. Mm. But I just want to say, speak. Dwarves got needs. Weapons. Oh my gosh. Henry, Henry sword fights with all of his father figures. He's and he finally sword fought with like with Hook. Like he did it with David. He did it with Neil, and now he did it with Hook. Oh my god. It was so cute. Uh, it was amazing. We got a lot of super good moments between like hook and henry hook and emma hook and even alexandra or alexandria whatever her name is it was so cute oh my gosh there's so many good moments for him in this episode and for the people that you know he cares about or such it's just oh so good it's so good and that scene that last scene with hook and emma it was so amazing. I love the way she put it too. The way, you know, she said that she can make room for some black leather. Like, oh, I, that was just, <laughs> it was a perfect way to do it. It was perfect for their characters and their relationship. Aww. And just, oh, it made I me love, so happy. Katie is it. swooning. Yeah, I love that Katie's <laughs> ovaries over there are exploding. <laughs> they are! Oh my. <laughs> Mine are too. I just wish the episode overall would have been good, but those really good moments, like they're just they are very good and very fan servicey to us. But it also moved the plot along with their relationship. So true. Good stuff. Good stuff in episode like what what is it? Episode three. Good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Apparently, Priscilla's ovaries weren't exploding. <laughs> they were. Oh, okay. They, yeah, they, they were. Like, the, they they exploded a couple of, like, sh- scenes ago. Now, now I'm just kind of, like, dead. D- gone. Deceased. The There's Lord nothing of me left anymore. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> the Lord took me. Good grief. <laughs> well, let's talk about the Charmings. So, let's... We have David. David, obviously, still concerned about how his father died and all this kind of stuff. And so... 
he ends up visiting Mr. Gold and ends up making a deal with him to get more information on the coin. And uh, we all know Gold has information for everything. He's got a little card, an index card for everything detailing its history. And so he makes the deal. And the deal is uh, David has to go and visit Belle. And obviously he tells her about the deal. She's like, what are you doing here? I thought that was kind of like sad. In which he was like, basically, she was like, what are you doing here? And like, you had to make a deal to see me or something like that. Like, I thought it was a little weird. But he had uh, this uh, this uh, cassette that uh, David had to give her. And uh, he says, you know, this is what he gave me to give you. And this, that, or the other. And he explains why he made the deal because uh, he needed more information on his father and all this kind of stuff and so while all that is going on with david snow has come up with a plan to help uh dr jekyll and she's also been feeling like she wants to return back to teaching and she has this really tender conversation with charming about like her need to like give back and to return back to normalcy and that kind of stuff and and she's like you know a princess can teach why not you know it's helping the community and whatnot and so she really wants to return back to teaching and so later on um, she ends up showing regina a a lab that uh she is located and it's in dr whale's garage and so uh that's where Jekyll is going to perfect the formula that he had created in which separated Regina from the evil queen. And I loved Dr. Whale's little side of like, don't open the fridge. Uh, food isn't in there. And obviously we know who Dr. Frankenstein is, so it's body parts. But I like that uh, Jekyll once whale addressed himself as dr frankenstein like jekyll was very impressed as to who he was with he was like oh i like i heard about you like i know who you are so later on that night snow is um you know just talking to david and and uh, david uh, you know has the index card and he explains that on the card that uh, someone ended up finding the coin in the wreckage of the cart accident that his father died in but plot twist it seems as if he did not die by the card accident because his father was found stabbed and so david is like you know maybe his killer's out there maybe there's more information out there you know maybe this that or the other but snow is like you know you can't seek vengeance you can't seek revenge you know this happened so long ago you know basically calm down it's gonna be okay like we're happy right now you're the sheriff i'm gonna be a teacher we're in this small town we've got uh, baby neil you know you need to think about baby neil you know you can't go out like seeking vengeance for what happened ages ago and uh, David is like, okay, you know what? I'm going to burn this index card with all this information on it, and I'm going to go to bed. And he ends up not 
burning the index card. And to wrap up the other storyline that they were involved in, later on that night, Belle listens to the tape from Gold. It's this old, like, Scottish uh, lullaby type of thing. And as Belle listens to it, we have Gold... uh, Sorry, Gold fans, but he was, like, creepily stalking her from outside of the Jolly Roger. It was kind of weird, because he was, like, out there... You didn't expect him to have, like, a boombox, like, throwing out, like, a song as he, like, waits outside the window or some shit, like, an old, like, 80s movie? Well, maybe if if she wasn't listening to a lullaby, but it was was kind of weird how he was, like, he was right out there at the exact same time that she's listening to this lullaby. Okay, you know... Can I give my theory? Yeah, go ahead. I think, and this is going to cause strife, and I apologize, and Brittany's going to gasp really loud, unless she's already thought this, I feel that Hook killed Charming's father. (gasps) Ooh, that's another dad he killed! (laughs) (laughs) Hook the daddy slayer in more more than two ways. Sorry, y'all can discuss everything else. I just had to get that out before everything. Because I was like, after watching, I was like, oh my gosh, he killed his father. It's, I, I have no opinion because I have no fucks to give about that storyline. I'm like, it's, it's, I don't know, maybe it's how it's written or something, but I just feel nothing. Okay, David's doing something. Sure. Whatever. Yeah, they, it's like they had to give him something to do, but that, but also the arc of this season is untold stories, and that not all of them are most, or most likely all of them aren't going to be good stories. The stories that we want to hear either, or that people want to get out. So this is David's untold story, I guess. So I want to see that. the story of Frankenstein and Doctor Jekyll teaching like a first grade class. I want to see that bit. Like I don't want to see. It charming and this 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 dumbness like it was right why are you gonna go after this it's gonna do nothing but harm you know who was obsessed with revenge regina and that didn't work out well for her she had to learn how to get past that so why are you repeating the same mistake i don't know curiosity also as to that really weird scene with the lullaby I'm not a Rumpel fan, but it kind of felt like when your ex-boyfriend has fucked shit up, but he's sending you, like, gifts because, like, he wants to get back with you. Like, he's trying to slowly, like, kind of weave his way into there. And I don't really know if, based on Belle's expression, if she's going to take him back with, like, little tokens of affection like this. Like, but it's a step, a small wavering step, but it's something. Yeah. I thought it was a little sweet, if not creepy, but sweet. Well, I was gonna say that uh, you don't have to be a good fo- you don't have to be a good boyfriend to be a good father. If you guys get that, what what I mean by that, like you can still mm-hmm. be a good father. Like that, like separate, like se- separated parents or divorced parents. Like you can be a fantastic, you know, father, but you can be like a sucky husband or or just with that person, you know. So. I don't mind Rumple trying to make up for being a shitty ass father because he's always shown that he wants to be a good father. But again, he always wants power. 
So if he's trying to make up for his kid here, I'm okay with that. But I don't know if I really want him and Belle to reconcile. Unless they really fix it. But I feel like we're never going to get over the shit he's already done. But uh, as long as they don't keep messing it up, I guess I can get past it. If I have to get past Zelina's shit, then I'll get past this, I guess. Oh, God. But I still, but I still won't truly ship them, if you guys get what I mean. Mm-hmm. Well, two of you don't like what they're doing with Charming or aren't interested in the storyline. I actually like it because, A, they're giving Charming something to do. They're giving him a storyline. And, B, we don't know his father. Like, we've always seen just Ruth in the flashback. So I'm really interested in getting to know Charming's father and to see what happened to him. I don't know if Katie feels the same way or if you're, like, uh, Priscilla and Brittany and aren't really into the storyline. No, I think it's really interesting um, because we don't know a lot of Charming's backstory. We know a lot of Snow's backstory. We know a lot of mostly everyone else's backstory, but we really don't have that much on Charming. So I'm particularly excited for it. Uh, it adds, you know, a different drama factor to the whole thing, which can get overdone. But is I'm excited. And I know the theory is that Hook killed his father, but I really hope they don't go down that route. I just, it's a lot of drama. I feel like that's You'd rather the evil so queen kill drama. the father? No, I, I kind of hope, I don't even know who I hope it is, but I hope it's not someone that's super relevant. Just because it's, I just feel like that's so much added drama to the whole, it's, lazy it's already writing. drama. It's lazy writing if yeah. they're trying to create drama where there doesn't have to be any. Yeah. So it's, but at this point, I feel like since the more we talk about it, I feel like it is leading up to some to something that we're all going to just like roll our eyes at and be like, oh, I hope not. I hope not. But um, I'm glad they're giving something uh, for David to do. And I do want to know who his dad is. Maybe it's going to be a character from a book or something that we don't know. I mean, they can kind of do whatever they want here. Because usually Prince Charming's not... He doesn't really get a backstory except the live-action movie that apparently is going to come out. And I don't know how that's going to be, but, you know. You know, I hope it's not Hook because not only has he tried to kill Henry's grandfather, but he actually killed, like, his great-grandfather then, like... No, please don't let that be the case. Like, that's already a fucked up family tree. Stop. Well, Stop Regina killed Snow's family. Did no, uh, Regina. Well, Regina, kill, Regina, uh, and uh, Re Cora ended up killing Snow's family. Yeah, like, do, you see though, like all this history of murder, like stop with the nonsense. Yeah, like, and then they're gonna name. I don't know. I don't think it's. I don't think it's lazy writing. I feel like. If if they go that route, it's obviously going to give a little bit more Captain Swan angst, but it's different in the sense that it isn't like Emma or Hook causing the angst per se. It would be from an outside source. I don't know if it's going to end up happening this way. It might end up being King George or something. I just don't want them to kill more people and then Belle's baby's name going to be whoever they just killed this season. <laughs> Yes, Robin They're too. Kill R Rumple yeah. and his name, the baby's name is going to be Rumple. Yeah. <laughs> no, they'll call what? the baby. They'll call the baby Bay. Oh my gosh! 
you, you yeah. know, though, I think they are going to do something to... Because we, they just gave us something really amazing for Captain Swan fans. And if this season isn't the last... Oh, yeah. I think we're going to get some more um, family drama. Maybe we don't get romantic drama, which is, I think, fine. We can get some family drama, which I... I am so for family drama over romance. Yeah, I'd rather drama. have that than the romantic drama. So, yeah. uh, the romantic drama gets that boring. For Emma, so that would break up my favorite bro TP though. Like, like charming and and, and that's what it are is the best too. bros. Yeah, like, they want. Well, he'd have if yeah. it ends up happening that way. He'd have to get over it because if they've forgiven Regina for everything she's done, like they're gonna have to end up forgiving him, and that. I think that would be the storyline. And maybe that would lead a little bit more to Hook's Untold redemption. Story. Maybe because I have a feeling like he story. would he yeah. would be he would like totally cop to it. Like it's not going to be like the Hook from before who maybe might have denied or might have tried to uh, brush it off and that kind of stuff. Like he would totally like take charge for everything that he's done in the past. Yeah, I agree. So this could be a good thing, guys. I think we just like just because we kept talking about it. I think we formed our <laughs> own story that that we're gonna be okay with. And like you, Priscilla, I really, I really like um, the friendship that they established finally with Hook and David last season. That that scene where they're at the table and he's like, you know, I kind of do like you. You know, it's just that we finally got there, right? Where he's like, okay, I guess I approve of you. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they're gonna the writers throw in a little. Uh, a little something there to have some tension uh and i'm kind of okay with that i don't mind seeing emma being torn between her family but in the end she doesn't have to choose one over the other that they'll find a way to you know make compromise so that's gonna be mm -hmm. cool to watch if they do go that way yeah yeah all okay. right so let's discuss the final storyline of the episode so we start off at the mental hospital regina snow and david arrive to to pay a visit to Hyde. Regina's got her, her you know, most delicious dish as a bribe. It's lasagna. And uh, they discover that the evil queen has beaten her to the punch. Uh, she has upgraded Hyde's furniture, all this luxurious furniture's there, and he's eating a scrumptious plate of, I believe that was salmon, and uh, some really delicious sides and all this kind of stuff. And basically he's like, you know, the only way that he's going to talk, because of course he has talked to her evil queen side, uh, the only way that he will continue on talking is if they remove the cuffs. So, obviously, she does not do that, and so they leave empty-handed. And while uh, Regina and Snow and Dr. Jekyll were in the forest near the dirigible, sort of like figuring out uh, what to do next, and, and Jekyll is trying to... Um, recreate the formula in which he used to separate Regina from the evil queen and obviously failing because he doesn't have his lab and that's where Snow gets the idea to visit uh, Frankenstein. Regina gets the idea because she starts thinking like her evil queen side and uh, she's like, you know, if I were the evil queen, I'd be sort of like picking at the cracks in like the family foundation and so she thinks of Zelina so she visits Zelina in her farmhouse and uh, basically even though Zelina is like denying seeing the evil queen she notices the baby rattle 
that uh, Cora had given Regina, and so uh, she's like, she's been here, you know, you've been lying to me, and like, I've been trying to protect you, and this, that, or the other, and uh, Zelina basically rebuffs her. And so later on, at the end of the episode, we see the evil queen returning to visit Hyde once again, and uh, the evil queen uses her magic to free him from the cuffs, and they walk out of the cell together, arm and arm, ready to wreak havoc. I ship them. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I was. They look so good now. together. Like they the, did. Not gonna do lie. Do you remember everybody like thinking before, like, oh, we might have vampires, and I would totally ship like Dracula with Regina. This is what you got, people. This is what you guys were asking for. Hi. Yes, maybe she can use her magic to heal his, the cut on his chin. Oh, use the romantic magic to heal his soul. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, they were just oozing, like, shipping material, man. They Yeah, they're gonna bang. The way they play off each other was just really well done, and Hyde's voice does things to me. I think they're going to bang. Yeah, yeah. I, li- oh, I, li- I like his voice, man. I just, and then Regina, the way she is, and then just that, that last shot of them arm in arm. And like, like, all steam- and, like, in, like, steampunky kind of, like, costumes, just, ugh, it was gorgeous i i love it i ship them and i'm totally on board excuse me i'm totally on board with them um teaming up yeah i like evil team ups like with when it was like rumple and regina or regina and cora or i don't know pan was the only one that kind of like stood on his own that didn't need like anyone helping him out but mostly all of the villains like team up with someone and it's always better when they do evil mm-hmm. comes better in twos like yep. <laughs> yep. it's it was pretty oh it, it was there's a lot of potential there and i hope that i don't screw it up i really hope they don't screw it up because i want to see a lot of scenes between them or you know a good i want to see a good portion of an of an episode Dedicated to their dynamic. Mm. Ooh, Mr. Hyde and Evil Queen, Regina and Dr. Jekyll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I can see that happening. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. They'll make beautiful babies together. But I did like... Oh I, I did like their scenes together. And I love... Um, even at the beginning where... I love how Regina is coming up with plans and she's like, I'm going to do this. And, and I was like, oh God, what's under there? What's under it? And it was lasagna and I, I was laughing to myself. Um, that lasagna looked so I good. Want some, I want some of Regina's yeah. lasagna and more. Like, it was yeah. like so cheesy. Like, it was like the I'm best. I'm hungry. Stop talking about that. But I'm yeah. sorry. It's like granny, and you all know I love me some granny. It's like, fuck that meatloaf. Like, that lasagna. Yeah, that lasagna yeah. looks so good. Like, paprika, like, as the, as a little, I don't know, that side, like, ingredient that makes everything perfect, apparently. Like, holy <laughs> crap. That looks good. But Hyde, Hyde already had, like, lasagna and wine and a decorated cell, like, that e- the evil queen one step pimped. ahead i love yeah. it i love she, it she pimped his ride like that sh- that shit was nice 
Yeah, like, I love it that Regina's having a hard time facing herself, and I think that's uh, that should kind of hint to her that maybe she's not supposed to beat herself, but she's supposed to kind of level with her, be almost as good as her, you know, equal. Uh, so I I like I really like that. I I think uh, Regina it has a lot going for her, and I and I liked her arc in the episode where she just. She was so desperate to to find a way to one up her 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 evil side, and uh, I did not like her in the Zelina scene. Uh, again, Zelina is just really whiny. Um, it's like Zelina, if you want your sister to trust you and like you, stop lying. Why is it so hard for her to? <laughs> Why you always lie? <laughs> I know. Yeah. Look, I look, look. I know. Why that... you lying? Oh my god! I love the way you lie. No. Really, I I just oh, Zelina's such a baby. Like I, I just I can't when she how how is Regina how are they supposed to fix things if there's no communication, you know? And Regina wasn't even telling her like, oh I blame you. She was just like asking for her help, asking like, hey, is this happening? And all she had to say was yes or no. And why are you like this? And blah blah blah. Oh my god, Zelina, please. Oh, I'm, gra- <laughs> I'm grateful. I- my sister is amazing compared to Zelina. Dear Lord. They just need oh, to gosh. sit and hash it out. They just need to like have a sister moment. Like they need to talk. I think that's where the evil queen has her one. They need a road trip. Because Maybe, yeah. She she played with baby Robin. She played with but Regina kinda doesn't even want to acknowledge baby Robin's existence like one has mm-hmm. to act more like a sister and one has to like trust her sister enough to tell her the truth like they're both being awful to one another yeah yeah I think we can all agree with that so now it's time for everyone's favorite moment the MVP the most valuable player to the character that impressed you the most and why so you know the rules if someone else has stated uh, the person you were going to say as your mvp you must select a different character and uh i'm feeling nice so i'm gonna start off with shocker katie what yes okay whoa so (laughs) there's kind of okay there's two people that i'm like going back and forth with and okay so that'll make you go last no i'm just teasing okay so i'm i'm actually going to go with ella in this episode what (laughs) plot twist girl yeah so i'm basically choosing ella because first of all it was so great to have her back um, she does such a good job in her role, and we got to see, you know, the difference between an Ella before Storybrooke times, when she was a little bit more innocent and sweet, and falling in love with her prince, and then we get to see her after everything happened, um, every, after everything went down with uh, her stepsister and her stepmother, and just to see kind of those two differences and how the actress played on both of those differences and to see her own up to um you know I kind of might have screwed this up I I was the bad stepsister or whatever um you know I'm sorry for what happened because of something that I did 
or whatever. So I just, I really liked it. I liked having her back and I wish we could have her back more often. Yay. All right now. Brittany. Yay. Okay. I have two too, but I'll pick uh, the second one. And I'm probably stealing oh, someone. Gosh. And I know who I'm stealing from. So Mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, Regina is my MVP here. Okay, I actually was not going to choose Regina this time. Maybe ah. even Queen, probably. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm choosing Regina because I feel like we're seeing the side of her that uh, that we haven't really seen before. That uh, she's really trying to, to be a hero here. She's really trying to help save the, the, the town by, you know, trying to, trying to get the evil queen. And I love how that she's really frustrated and she's, this is what it's like to be on the other side, right? To, to be up against the evil queen. And she's kind of like, damn, you know, I'm a bitch. I, I don't know how to do this, but I love watching her struggle. But I also love how it's bringing her and Snow a lot closer together and how almost like what the past three episodes, she's been confiding in Snow a lot. And I feel like the relationship mm -hmm. is just getting more and more solid. And I just, I just enjoy that. Regina's just been really cool, and I really want her lasagna. Uh, oh gosh! <laughs> the lasagna Don't we all? Oh yeah, I want, I want, I want some lasagna, some Regina lasagna. But yeah, so I just enjoyed what little we had of her uh, in this episode. Okay, Priscilla. Are you tricking me? Does this mean I go last, or does this mean I get to go f like you're? I I'm I'm getting to go next. I will go last. You may go next. Yay! Yes. Okay, so you're not taking away mine. Mine is nope. definitely Hook. Holy <gasps> crap! Like gasp. Like is is beautiful. Like everything, and I I think like somebody on Tumblr said it best. Like watching somebody take care of babies makes you want to practice having babies with them. Like it's. Oh, oh my! Oh my God! Best. Like all I of think uh, Katie's ovaries exploded once again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, every moment of his, like he was either being like really supportive or really hot or like I don't know. I just great, great episode for Huck. Leaves me flabbergasted. All right now. So no one took mine, which is good. My MVP is Tisbe. No, <laughs> that's, a, that's, <laughs> that's a lie. <laughs> no, oh, there was no granny this episode. It made me sad. But um, no, my MVP is Lady Tremaine. I really like what they did with the character. We didn't really get a chance to see her besides her being on like the coach the uh, first time that we saw Cinderella's flashback. So I like that they, the way that they wrote her, like she was this really like evil, manipulative, wretched woman. And that's exactly what Lady Tremaine should be. So kudos to the actress. I feel like she really took on what we've seen in the Disney animated uh, film and uh, really turned it into a live in the flesh character and from like the voice to I think they did a great job with the costuming and the crazy hair and all that kind of stuff so kudos to Lady Tremaine may you rot in the storybrook prison system so let's get into rating the episode from one to ten apples that is and the point system is allowed and of course 
if you deem an episode worthy enough, it is, if it is over 10, then you may grant it the coveted golden apple. And we'll go in the same order, so that means uh, Katie... Okay. You may go first. Cool. Okay, so I am actually going to give this a golden apple. Gaspited. Yes. I I really, really enjoyed this episode. Like, I can see myself watching this one over and over again and not getting tired of it. I loved having Cinderella back. I loved the little moments between Captain Swan. Um, even the rumble scene with um, Robert Carlyle letting his, you know, real accent show and saying that um scottish lullaby and uh, did that make your ovaries pop no but you know (laughs) (laughs) but it was i just it was really cool i love that they allowed him to do that (laughs) and then um just everything i love the backstory i love the plot twist everything about this episode was top-notch in my opinion also just random note the cgi was really good in this episode like i was super impressed so, golden awesome. apple for me. Oh, gosh. Now we have to go to Brittany. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> oh, She's going to ruin our lives. <laughs> okay, Brittany, we are going in the same order. So, unfortunately for Katie and her exploding ovaries, <laughs> you're next. Yeah, uh, this in no way was a golden apple. Hell no. But, um... Uh... Uh, I give it a 6 out of 10. Uh, it wasn't the worst thing ever because because the side story saved this episode so much and the hook and um, Emma scenes were really good so I just give it a 6 out of 10 and you know, usually if it's below a 7 that means it's the type of episode that I can skip and I would literally just go on YouTube and just type in Captain Swan scenes from 603 and then i'm good to go that's all you need for that episode you don't need anything more aside from okay well the hide and um evil queen but then that's it so six out of ten <laughs> I, that feels so weird i feel i feel oh weird. my god the russian judge no, I'm you, you're I, the russian can find because i said six out of ten last episode and you're six out of ten this one it's and true. the world is balanced and fair. Yep. <laughs> Apparently. This is true. So Priscilla, how do you rate this episode? Nine out of ten. Like, God. Like, um, again, I, I, it's not enough to give me a golden apple feel because we still have, like, the David scenes that, like, kind of are a snooze fest to me. And Brittany kind of, like, brought my grade down, too, because, like, I was thinking about it and, like, the Cinderella, like... The storyline, the twist wasn't really a twist, so uh, you're right. Like that, that knocked it down from a ten to a nine. But oh, I'm so the sorry. <laughs> no one asked for your opinion anyway. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, don't worry, Katie. I'm here for you and your exploding ovaries. I grant this episode a golden apple, and (laughs) the reason why I'm granting it a golden apple is because I thought it was a really well done episode. I liked all the flashback stuff. I liked seeing what happened the night of the ball. I enjoyed the twist of Lady Tremaine being the one to have 
Cinderella have to like run away from the ball. I loved uh, that they incorporated a twist that we've seen before, but it was nice that they incorporated that one of the stepsisters uh, was nice and and uh, or nicer and uh, was in love with a commoner and that kind of thing. I, I like that. I enjoyed that they actually brought back the actor that played Gus uh, for like that little scene. I thought yeah. that was really wonderful and it, it sort of completed the storyline a little bit i'm still so mad that he had to die because i liked his chemistry with uh red but obviously let's be honest she, she ended up going in a, in a different so. different way so but that's fine as well and, and just as good but uh i'm glad that they brought him back for a little scene i, I thought that was like a good way to complete uh, his story a bit more and uh all the stuff in Storybrook I thought was really interesting. I liked the uh, Ashley storyline. I enjoyed seeing Emma like open up a little bit more about her fears of the future, and then uh, you know making you know a big leap forward on the romantic front by having Hook move in with her. And I'm here for uh, the charming storyline. I'm very curious to see what happens next in David's storyline. I like what we saw with Snow and her wanting to be a teacher again and all these plans for the community. I thought that was that was like the return of like leader Snow White, uh, which uh, I thought was awesome. And uh, of course, you know, Regina and the evil queen and then at the end the evil queen with Hyde I thought that sort of leads to a lot of uh, potential storylines so I thought it was a really strong episode and I thoroughly enjoyed it so Katie we have MVP'd this episode we have rated this episode I think it's time to get a little spoilery yes it is Let's dive into some spoilers for upcoming episodes of Once Upon a Time. This is an official spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. So for all of these spoilers and a lot more, you can check out our official Facebook like page by visiting facebook.com forward slash storybrookweeklymirror. And you can also visit my site at storybrookmirror.tumblr.com. So unfortunately, we don't have a lot of spoilers this time uh there was the new york comic-con that happened this past weekend but really that really just dealt with a lot of feelings towards the show and the characters rather than actual spoilers um but things we did get um was that the oracle is coming back and according to the press release for next episode this upcoming episode i should say it looks like she's going to be back this upcoming week so I won't have to wait long to see her again. Um, and then kind of regarding the Jekyll and Hyde backstory, it looks like Rumpel affects that backstory specifically. And the untold story story's characters affects a lot of people, especially Hook's backstory. So unlike the untold stories affecting Rumpel's backstory, Rumpel will be affecting their story and then reverse that as the to the to the effect that the untold stories characters will be affecting Hook's storyline in the sixth episode, I believe it is. So mm. yeah, that's interesting. Hashtag uh, Finding Nemo. Oh my gosh! Hey, 
Why not? Someone apparently well, no, because Nemo is coming on as a character. No, not I'm, Nemo you from the animated. You didn't hear that? <laughs> oh my god. If, okay, so if this Nemo person... Gets, if Nemo gets a helper called Dory, I will die. <laughs> I probably will. Not gonna lie. I, I, I kind of want them to do that. <laughs> but, okay, so this... They announced that Nemo was coming on, and everyone's like, that's so cool. And there's this one person who is fighting with Adam. He's like, I cannot believe that you are bringing a fish onto this show. Oh, <laughs> gosh, people are so stupid. It's <laughs> like, what? He's like, would you read some literature, please? <laughs> Dear Lord. It was really funny. Uh, I kind of hope that they play off of Finding Nemo a little bit. They probably won't. Uh, no, because Nemo is an actual character in I literature. I know, I know. Which, which Captain really, Nemo, that is. Yes, exactly. I'm really excited for that one specifically. And that's coming up in a couple episodes, so we don't have long to wait, thankfully. Um, I'm, I think that was it, honestly, as far as spoilers go. Um... There is the press release for the next episode, so I will read that. Um, the next episode is titled Strange Case, and it was written by David H. Goodman and Nelson Solar. And this is how it reads. The evil queen and Hyde continue on their quest to steal Dr. Jekyll's serum. Snow looks forward to her first day back as a school teacher, and while Emma looks forward to Hook moving in with her, Hook finds himself trying to protect Belle from Mr. Gold, who has made sure she can't leave the confines of the pirate ship. Meanwhile, back in the past, Rumpelstiltskin helps Dr. Jekyll complete his serum to separate a man's personality into two, good and evil, but his help comes with a hefty price. Um, and looking at the guest characters... Violet is back. Um, Dr. Lydgate is back. And if you remember, Dr. Lydgate was that evil doctor in uh, Once Upon a Time Once in Wonderland. Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. Yes. So I'm, Shout out I'm, to like, Dr. Lydgate. Yeah, it's kind of cool. That they're, I mean, I'm mad that they're not bringing Anna and other people back. But it's kind of cool that they're acknowledging it in that way that they're bringing him back. So there's that. Um, the Oracle is back as well, and then a, a kind of an interesting guest character coming is Tom Sawyer. Um, I don't know, maybe he'll be one of the school kids, perhaps. Oh, guess, that would we'll be see. awesome. That'd be pretty cool, not gonna lie. Because, I mean, yes. Henry and Violet are back, so they're probably, we're, since we're dealing with Snow's first day back at school, we'll probably be seeing Henry and Violet there, and I hope that... I hope that Tom Sawyer is one of the kids. That would be super cool. Um, let's see. Uh, there is... The promotional photos did come out, and there's a lot of interesting things there. TV Line did post a first look, some first-look photos at Princess Jasmine back in this episode. So we got some first-look photos in this at jasmine in this episode but an interesting thing to note is in the press release she is listed as what is she listed as? she's listed as sheeran rather than jasmine so i'm wondering if this is like her storybook persona and it looks like she's another teacher at school as well uh-huh so maybe she's been there all along yeah oh god they have the Best teachers in Storybrooke, Snow <laughs> and Jasmine. Gosh, 
And Dr. Frankenstein, apparently. <laughs> we don't even know who the principal is. Dear Lord. <laughs> Granny. <Frank>. Yes. <laughs> you know, she's got multiple jobs. It's true. It's very true. Um, so that's really interesting. You'll definitely want to head to TV line to look at those. Um, cause we've got, you know, snow and Jasmine talking at the school. Um, so that's interesting. And then just kind of looking through the promotional photos in the backstory between Jekyll and Hyde, Hyde is like crying and he's holding a necklace, like, um, one of those Victorian silhouette necklaces. And he's crying and holding it and clutching it. And then in the modern day storybook, he is in Gold's shop and he's holding the necklace. And it looks like he, you know, is shocked to be seeing it or whatever. And then in another picture, Rumple's like force choking him or whatever. I don't, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening. Lots of crazy stuff is going to happen in this episode, so I guess we gotta we gotta prepare ourselves. One downside I'm noticing is that Jekyll and Hyde aren't from the land without color. I'm pissed. Aww. I know. R.I.P. to that theory. <laughs> but they could. It kind of. I'm pretty sure they're from the Victorian England era, especially with Doctor Lydgate being there, because the clothes that um. Uh, Jekyll has on are Victorian English esque. So you know, if I can't get one, I, I'll accept the other. This yeah, is, this is pertinent to my interests. Yeah, I am. I am kind of. You know, that makes it a little bit better. I wanted, I wanted Doctor Frankenstein to be in this next episode, and for them to have, for him to have backstory with Jekyll and Hyde, and for it to be in the Land Without Color. But since we can't get that, the Victorian England thing is pretty cool too. So. Maybe we'll even get a Wonderland reference with Dr. Ludgate. I'm crossing my fingers. <laughs> I barely yeah. am. So hopefully. Maybe it'll be post-him experiencing the White Rabbit. Ooh, that would be interesting. So he can mention something like, I don't know, like, oh, there's these other strange lands out there or something like that. Yeah, that'd be pretty interesting. I've been researching how to get there. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we can cross our fingers. Hopefully they'll Hopefully. reference it. <laughs> yeah, we can only hope. Yeah. So awesome, Katie. Well, those were great spoilers, even though they were teeny tiny, but yeah. uh, still very informative. Uh, yes, basically. So that's, yep, that's it for the spoilers. But um, there are ratings, and they're pretty great, to be honest. Um, this week, we bumped up two tenths from last week's initial rating to a 1.3 in the demographics, which matches the premiere's adjusted ratings. And I believe it's the highest ratings they've had since last November, um, which is pretty great. Um, they also jumped up almost a million viewers from last week to 4.56 million viewers. And it was ABC's highest rated drama on Sunday night. So that's pretty fantastic. Not going to lie. Um, Hopefully, hopefully it keeps up there um, so we can cross our fingers. I don't know if the debate, you know, rose numbers at all, but um, it's it's interesting that it jumped up two tenths of a point. So that's pretty incredible. 
I agree. Very awesome. So on that note, listeners, join us next time for a brand new installment of Storybrook Weekly Mirror. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Storybrook Weekly Mirror and subscribe. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash storybrookweeklymirror. Follow us on Tumblr, storybrookweeklymirror.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Thanks, announcer. Co-hosts, please wish the listeners a good night. Good night, guys. Good night, everybody. Good night. Find your happy ever after. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror every Tuesday via iTunes and the Poppy Chula Radio archives. New episodes stream via poppychularadio.com every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Good night. Mm-hmm.